Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy. Been with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I said, on every episode, we got a great one for you. Who do we have? Yes, we are so excited to have Lisa Love with us today. She is a 2018 Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter, touring musician, and philanthropist who started her career with the platinum-selling number one hit song, Stay, I Missed You, from the film Reality Bites. And she's here to tell us about what she's been up to now and her new project, Together Apart. And we're excited to have her on. So yes. welcome to the show. Welcome. Hi, it's so great to see y'all. I'm so happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Yes. Now, as you know, it's been a tough time for entertainment this last um, 18 months, or however right. long it's been now. Mm -hmm. um, so I always like to start there. Um, how has COVID affected you and what have you done to kind of maneuver through this crazy new maze we have? Well, I have to say that for me, you know, I put a record out right before, um, right before COVID, I put an album out oh, wow. and I did an in-store wow. performance at a record store, Amiibo Records in Los Angeles. And I had planned on doing uh, a lot of touring around the world. Um, I did get to go to Japan because we put our, our records out in Japan first, usually. Um, yeah. But all of a sudden, the world closed down and it became a very complicated thing. And I have to say that although it's been an unbelievable balancing act and I still haven't found my place right in the middle, um, trying to figure out the you know house cleaning child care kids in zoom school um you know i I'm, i often find myself doing a lot of things at the same time and spinning a lot of plates doing projects you know being mostly in charge of my kids and all the forms we fill out and the things that they do and all their activities and all their schoolwork having them at home on zoom school was like a whole other level um you know plus the fear and the the reality of of covid luckily we didn't get covid but um, other than all of that crazy stuff, I will say <laughs> the silver lining for me was that I was supposed to be out on the road. You know, I was supposed to be away like I normally am coming in and out of town a lot, um, continuing to work on a number of different projects. I, I often have some project coming out, but that means there's a bunch of other projects, uh, you know, that are that are being developed or I'm working on other things, even though one might it seem like, oh, this is what's <laughs> happening and nothing else. Um, but but I have really. Um, I've never had this time to just be at home and to be with the wow. kids. And, you know, it's not like we're all just sitting around lounging, drinking hot chocolate. Um, but we have we have had a lot of hot chocolate. But for me, it's been um, as as somebody like I'm a I have a lot of ideas and a lot of creative projects going on. So for the first time, I'm set up in an office in my house. That's the guest bedroom. You see the bed behind me. Um, for the first time, I have my own work set out on my desk so that when I come back to my desk, it's still there, as opposed to living in and out of a, a roller bag suitcase or wherever I mm -hmm. plop down my computer. I feel like I've, I've got, you know, the room with the view, the space. Um, oh. And also, I know a lot of people talked about this time not being, don't feel pressure to bake a loaf of bread like everybody's doing. <laughs> don't feel pressure to... <laughs> I didn't feel it as pressure. To me, it was more of an opportunity. Like, yeah. wow, I'm at home. I actually can talk to my neighbors who, I, who I'm good friends with and become yeah. better friends with. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky to live in Los Angeles where we see our neighbors at a distance if we need to. Mm -hmm. um, but we have a lot of folks in the neighborhood who are really interesting and uh, kind and creative people. And I have to say that um, for me, it's been a very creative time and also yeah. a time to, yeah. to delve deeper into my hobbies. I love huh. reading. I love doing crossword puzzles. I love, you know, sometimes doing Lego with my kids. I love tap dancing. Yeah. I did outdoor distance tap dance with a teacher, a private lesson. Yeah. You know, like I try to come up with with the resources and the ideas of how to make life continue and, and create continuum good habits you know i work yeah. out twice a week with my trainer on my own or on zoom or <laughs> you know i i i we you know even though yes we've ordered way more pop tarts and chocolate <laughs> syrup and ice cream bars than ever in our lives we also have kept up with our broccoli and our you know grilled chicken and our thai food and you know we've tried to make the best of it and so it's it's just um really been an interesting uh, time to delve into, 
yeah, exactly. What what really matters? <laughs> what it, in yes. I we were talking about this musical that I'm working on. We'll talk about it more. But in it, there's a song I worked on with a friend of mine named Maria DC, and Maria had an idea for a song based on her own life, which mm-hmm. really resonated mm-hmm. with me. So I was excited to work with her on it. And one of the lyrics towards the beginning of the song, because she's this busy go getter woman who lives in New York. She has a job at the ACLU, but she's also an actor and a writer and works with the Irish theater companies and does all these things and is always just busy, busy, busy. And all of a sudden she has to live in New Jersey for real and help take care of her older parents. Mm -hmm. And she's in her childhood bedroom and she's kind of stuck. And we came up with the word suspended. She's suspended in time. And at the beginning of the song, you feel her being stuck like, oh, I can't believe I have to be stuck in my childhood bedroom. But by the end of this two minute song, she's like, maybe this time has given me space to be suspended. You know, this is the space. And I've kind of had that too, where I'm like, okay, I can I I can return back each day and start anew and sort of I'm not I I have the, kind the of benefit of you. yeah it's grounding me yeah. this it's slower it's coming back to the same place not like waking up in New Mexico and then racing home and you know oh look here's one of my fans Dean hey Dean mm-hmm. um we've got some great fans and that's the other thing be, through this instead of just going to you know Chicago and Boston and New York or wherever. I was able to play a lot of concerts streaming online yeah, and yeah. connected yeah. with a lot of fans in England and Ireland and Malaysia and, and you know, down the street and all over the place. So it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. And this, this time forced me to, to learn more about my microphone, my Wi-Fi, my <laughs> lights, my hair, you know, all this other yeah. stuff that yeah. you don't have time to deal with because you're busy. One day I'll get to doing some live streaming. One day I'll connect with my uh, fans better uh, through this. This made you have to. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's it's mixed. On the other hand, my son is probably in the other room playing video games and he's not supposed to, but I'm talking to you, so I'm not going to run over there. So, you know. You know, that's like with us, you know, we launched the show January of 2020, a couple months before COVID. Oh, my gosh. And I remember thinking, you know, our original plan was to do 100 interviews our first year. And we yeah, thought that would be a great foundation. A and to be honest, we started out as a country music interview show. That's why yes. we started that's the roots. Mm-hmm. And then COVID happens. And I told Sandy, you know yes. what? There's a silver lining for us. As a new show, artists who normally are not um, go on a new show might be willing to take that chance with a new show because everybody shut down. And right. because of that, we we did over 300 interviews last year and we're over 400 now. It's incredible. Yeah, it's been, and again, not to go back to the music, um, but I mean, to my musical, but it, it mm-hmm. really was all about connecting the process of connecting with folks. Tell us about that. Um, well, so about there's together. a musical together called Together Apart. The website for it is togetherapartmusical.com. And it's going it, to, it was up for a weekend with 24 hour plays, and we raised over $30,000 to benefit the Actors Fund, which helps actors yeah. and people behind the scenes. Wow. Um, it's a wonderful organization. But um, Broadway On Demand, a different platform, said, ooh, we want this on our platform. So we're able to right. show it for another few weeks, which is great. And it'll be streaming, so you can watch whenever you want. You can start it and stop it. And there's an opportunity to donate. But it's a it's a, a musical that was put together by a group of Brown alumni. I went to Brown University. We couldn't meet in person for our reunion last year, so we did some Zoom reunions. And in the musical theater version of the reunion, everybody was was talking one at a time about what they're doing in life. And some people were worried about, you know, how are we going to do theater live? How does this work for performers and writers? And between that and also between hearing people talk about their lives and how animated they were, I was like, oh, my God, this is a musical. We should write a musical. Um, so... Uh, I said, hey, we should write a musical. And and, and, and true uh, Brown alumni musical musical theater people style, everyone, everyone said, yeah, let's put on a musical. So we started meeting yeah. and for, for a couple of months. It took us uh, quite a while to figure out exactly what we were doing. Mm-hmm. But if, by a few months in, we realized everybody really had their own experience and their own voice. And although we didn't want it to be about a Zoom reunion, yeah. we yeah. were influenced by hearing people's stories. And we really thought everybody's stories needed to be represented. So... We joined to make sure that nobody was telling the same story, but to, to try to, to sh- have a window, literally, and uh, proverbially, proverbially, metaphorically, mm-hmm. a window into people's Zoom meetings and their and lives. And a, so, a story that you said? 
Yeah, the one that I was it, well, that was one of the stories is um, a story of a friendship of a of a gal who lives in New York City and her really good friend who lives in Rome. So, and and this is autobiographical about these two gals and they, you know, Rome was seeing COVID before we were. So you see that in the yeah. show, and then you see her experience this woman who's like, I can't believe I've been sitting in front of my. T- I moved to Rome and I've been sitting in front of my typewriter, locked in, yeah. writing and working my whole life for the last twenty years, and now I'm not allowed to go outside. What was I thinking? Like, yeah. I, I should have taken advantage. You know, I should go out. So I can't. You know, I I can't wait. And her imagination goes wild. And then mm-hmm. the second piece in that particular seven minute piece is the song I was just talking about, where somebody all of a sudden realizes, oh wow, my life has changed. But maybe it's time to take a step back. And then in the third piece, which is the final one of the whole show, it really is like, wow, we're really lucky that we have each other and we're able to connect. And and that became the the theme of the entire piece, you know, connection mm-hmm. through this difficult time. Um and but it does range and all the yeah. the other reason we wanted to have all these different pieces is so you go to places that are funny or discombobulating like the piece that I worked on um that I spearheaded with my friend Dan McKenzie mm-hmm. about a second grade elementary school classroom where the parents all kind of start edging into the windows and take over the classroom <laughs> um and then there's there's you know other funny things like family game night um there's something that's kind of funny and heartwarming about um dating online um but then it it we also fears Oh my gosh! So you would totally back, understand this. Back, back in two thousand two, when it was taboo. Yeah. You're very—that's very, very um, forward-thinking of you. And then we also have, but because we we also set it. One of the things that was important to the musical was that it was set between March during lockdown uh-huh. here in the U.S. and the election without finding out what the election results were, mm-hmm. because for a lot of us, mm-hmm. you know, that was a very tense time politically and. So you do hear a lot of political things going on in the pieces. Mm-hmm. There's even yeah. a Fauci impersonator that gives us a little right. bit of humor as well as information <laughs> and time. And there's also some very deep and serious pieces, one in particular yeah. called mm-hmm. Breathe, which um, delves into one man's, one black man's experience with the George Floyd murder mm-hmm. and how that yeah. affected him. Um, and then also fictionalized into a piece about a couple who, um, they were going to get a divorce and they're stuck together during COVID oh, wow. and their relationship wow. with their parents. So it's a very yeah. deep piece and musically it's orchestral and unusual. It's, it's really moving. There's also another piece that touched upon, um, one of the writers was a, is a professor down in Miami and she saw, she noticed how she was really seeing into other people's lives through these zoom windows. You know, she could see their backgrounds mm-hmm. or the, the fake backgrounds that they had put up and what, what did you learn and what did you accidentally share about yourself um, as well as in in her experience, she had had students who were Asian who were experiencing a lot of anti-Asian racism during this time because of what certain politicians might have yeah. called the COVID vaccine. I mean, the COVID, not the vaccine, the COVID yeah, virus. Um, so, uh, you know, that takes a, a very deep and emotional turn in the musical as well. So we hit a lot of different points. We really wanted to yeah. Yeah. show this connection. And that's where the music is together apart. And not only did the show I think, express this, exactly, um, but I think also just the process, you know, we were working with people in Rome, Germany, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, dealing with all different time zones, people dealing with their families and things going on in their families and, you know, serious things. And, and it was it was a touch point. It was a place for us to gather and to get to be friends with each other or better friends with each other, people that we may not have known so well in college, and even an opportunity for people who are not songwriters or yeah. writers or haven't been since college to come back and do that we had an ob we had a cancer doctor writing we had yeah. you know professors and teachers and and everybody working for free to help benefit the actors fund wow, wow that's Love amazing that. yeah. you know earlier you talked about the doing online concerts and stuff i think the future is, is actually that i think that you're going to go back to concerts but now because people have tweaked online concerts they're going to be able to have the face-to-face con- concert but also have the a, a component of of their online world participating with them totally and i will say like i've enjoyed a lot of those too i know that i was um i know that i was uh um, watching Lyle Levitt a lot and he does a weekly or every every few weeks he does a show and I love being able to make dinner and um, at the same time 
listen to a full concert when I would normally just be sitting there, you know, it was, or driving to pick up my kids at an outdoor karate class and, you know, listening to a lecture, things like that. I've, I've really enjoyed connecting with people like that. Now, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of your life, the glory of Blake Shelton, of Miranda and all the big artists, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles it takes, not just to get the y'all's level, but even just a career level within the entertainment world. And I always want to talk about that. And your perspective means a lot because you've been there um, in that grind mode. You made it to the top. So let's talk a little bit about that, what it took for you from the sacrifice point of view and struggle point of view to get to where you are. You know, you have to do anything. And again, that I experienced that even making the musical. It's always like that. You know, waking up at six in the morning, well, that's when everybody can get together. If you want this to happen, that's what's going to happen. And then 1130 at night and then make the lunches for the kids. And then, you know, you you for me, what's been super helpful is always uh, taking a, a step back whenever I can and looking at my life and saying, oh, gosh, is this is this in balance? And often it's not, but, but it's the process, you know? So I might say, wow, I'm not sleeping enough. That's a problem. Wow. I'm not, I like doing, you know, casual, not casual. I like doing moderate working out, like walking, walking outside. Wow. I haven't been moving. Um, you know, I haven't been doing anything fun. I haven't been actually creating anything. I'm just promoting something, but not creating enough. Um, I think part of the grind is the work itself. It, it can be magical and easy to write a song and it can be the hardest thing in the world and you can't come up with any ideas and you forgot how to do it, even though you've been doing it since you were six years old, you know, or you can all of a sudden hear somebody say something mean about what you've done and you have to be, you know, be able to hear that. And at the same time, ignore that, you know, you get a lot of people's input, even when you don't want it, especially now uh, during social media times. Yeah. Y'all know, y'all understand, but at the same time, sometimes it can be helpful. It can shine a light on something that you don't know. It's also hard because everything is relative. You know, for me, one day I might feel like I'm on the top of the world and I get to do everything I want and write music. And I may have felt that way when I was in college. And, oh, my gosh, I get to play concerts and people are showing up and I'm working in the studio and I'm recording my own music and I'm learning how to do this. Um, and then I can say, oh, but I wish there were like 20 times as many people there. You know, like it's, it's always relative. So always being able to – We hold, know that feeling. Yeah, so being able to hold in one hand um, – you know, being satisfied and on the other hand saying, well, this isn't enough. Like, this isn't enough. I'm not writing writing enough songs. Um, I, I'm i not sleeping enough. I have to learn how to do that better. I have to learn how to slow down a little bit better so I can focus on my ideas better. I have to learn how to be a better guitar player. I'm also really good. I, you know, but, um, you know, sometimes it's just the hours you put in. It's funny. Sometimes I see uh, singer, songwriters and people just starting out and you forget about things that took so much time and effort to learn and to practice. Um, mm-hmm. But then when you see younger folks or people who are just starting out, like they're not comfortable standing in front of a microphone or understanding uh-huh. where to be or how to walk out confidently onto a stage or find your light or ask the light guy if they can move the – or woman – if they can focus the light on you instead of mm-hmm. over there on the side of the stage. And all those small things which I think create a better relationship with the audience and the mm-hmm. performer. If a performer mm-hmm. looks confident, even if they're shy, if they look confident, if they are well lit, if their sound is proper, you know, all these things – it takes a lot of time, you know, to and, and energy to do that. A lot of podcasters feel that way too. You know, I'm part of a big yeah. podcast group and I want people always like, um, you know, what do you do if this happens? What do you do if that happens? And I'm like, just start, you know, you're, you're, yeah. ne- you're never you go, going to learn. If you, I mean, you may, you may set up the camera and start and after 10 episodes realize, okay, this ain't for you. Why not just start now? I mean, yeah. I mean, I know people that are putting two thousand dollars into equipment, and they don't even know if they're going to like it. I'm like, you right. know what? Pull out your phone, pull out your laptop, and start. Get started. And yeah. that's how you'll know if it's for you. Because if you can't quit, it's probably for. <laughs> yeah, and I also I'm an overthinker, so there's so many projects that I haven't done, including like more YouTube yeah. videos or whatever. Everyone's yeah. like, just film it. I'm like, yeah, but I'm from Dallas. I got to put my makeup on and like. <laughs> You know, all these things and the lighting and, oh, the kids and I want a good camera angle and what if my <laughs> wife, you know, and then I have to edit it. You know, it just, I can overthink anything, but, um, well, and it's hard to like. Video. When, you know, when we first launched yeah, the show, it was all audio also. and she yeah. was like, 
she goes, I she goes, I will do the audio with you, but I will never do video. I'm so and glad you're on the video though, because other people don't see it the same way. That's the thing. Like, and I even talk to my husband about this a lot. And uh -huh. we've got the, we've got the blessing of the curse of and the curse of knowing a lot. Like he comes from TV production, uh -huh. and I'm very, I'm very focused in. Even when I make albums, I'm focused in on the artwork and the layout and the lighting and the every single hair out of place. I know. I see. I like you know the font the everything and yet i feel like with this type of um format where you're from your home you also have to watch it being too professional looking or all of a sudden it looks like a like a tv studio maybe you don't want it to look like a tv studio That's why so my, but my husband says oh you're, you should use a better camera i'm like i don't want to use a better camera i'm good with this camera right now um so it's it's interesting to to you know in my mind, I like everything being intentional, but I have to say from an audience perspective, I just care about what people are saying, you know, maybe what they're showing me, uh, maybe they're teaching me how to do something. That's that's what I care about, and I hope that the technology supports that. Exactly. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we've hit a little bit about the sacrifice side and all that. Let's go the other way and talk about the glory side, the part that everybody sees. And let's start with Stay. How did that song come to be, and did it break records more than what you even imagine. I mean, I, I mean, all of a sudden that took off for you. So tell us that story. Yeah, Stay is a song that I wrote. You know, I'm a singer-songwriter. I've been writing forever songs with lyrics since I was like eight. I mean, oh, wow. eight, eight, eighth grade. I've been, I've been writing music since I was a little kid playing wow. piano. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Stay was a song. I mean, I had written many, many songs and been playing music for a long time in concerts. I'd moved to New York City after because I, we were my my friend Liz Mitchell and I had a band called Liz and Lisa and we were already playing in um in really great venues in New York City we were just moving along you know things were happening but um stay was a song a friend of mine who worked at BMI which is uh one of the organizations that helps collect your royalties yeah, we um, interviewed um Catherine the VP of BMI oh yes okay so you know so BMI or EMI BMI BMI yeah so, BMI okay yes yeah, so I they they were um, a great touch point for me as a songwriter. And they there was somebody there who said, you know, I think Daryl Hall is looking for songs from Hall & Oates. Wow. So I was like, ooh, I want to try writing a song for somebody else, you know, not just always myself. <laughs> so I was sort of thinking about a song like Sarah Smile, something that I kind of felt R&B, sort of. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I started working with The Groove. And I also like writing little guitar licks um, over songs. And so I started doing that. And and. I was also experimenting with just kind of writing from the heart. I usually like writing things that are a little more metaphorical, mm -hmm. imaginative, mm -hmm. um, enigmatic things that people <laughs> might not know what I'm singing yeah. about. Yeah. But for this, I was trying to just go right from the heart. And so I was writing about an argument I was having with my boyfriend, who was also my producer and oh, wow. um, engineer who I worked with a lot. And that's where the song came from. And then it turned out that the Daryl Hall thing went away. It wasn't really a real deal. Um, Although years later, when I told him I wrote that song thinking of him, he was like, oh, my God. Um, anyway, uh, I couldn't believe I was even talking to Daryl Hall. But anyway, um, so I, I finished the song and I just started playing it with my other songs. And, and people definitely enjoyed that song a lot. That I, they would get, I would get a lot of requests in my shows for that song. And along the way, I met Ethan Hawke, who's an actor. And he oh, yeah. was good friends with another friend of mine who's an actor from Brown, who's actually J Josh Hamilton, who's one of the actors mm -hmm. in my musical, my collaborative musical. Um, mm -hmm. So I met Ethan and uh, and through Ethan, I met all these different interesting folks like playwrights <laughs> and wow. like John Mark Sherman and uh, just all these people who loved theater and music and, and singer songwriters and actors and really interesting folks like really artsy but people who are becoming successful in their field a um, bunch of mm -hmm. interesting folks in new york we all ran around and hung out and so i was friends with ethan and also neighbors with ethan and along the way he said hey you know i'm working on this um movie called reality bites um my my character in the movie sure. is in a band do you want to try writing a song for that band oh, so wow. i tried writing a song for the band but a bunch yeah. of other musicians did too they didn't pick my version of that song which totally makes yeah. sense when I think back. But then he said, "Do you, you can you give some music to us? Because I want to give it to Ben Stiller. Make sure you include your song Stay. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, because I think they might it might be interesting to them. They're going to put a lot of music in the film. And so we passed the, a cassette tape. I had just recorded the song Stay a couple of times because there were some record companies in, interested. So I recorded a nice version of it with my band. 
And we passed that version along to Ben Stiller on a cassette tape. And Ben and the other people involved in the show, uh, the, the producers and everybody, they listened to it mm -hmm. finally. It's a long story, but they ended up deciding to put the song into the movie and onto the soundtrack. Wow. And uh, then a radio station, it, it, you know, it was on the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. um, and a radio station down in Houston decided to start playing it, KRBE. Wow. Oh, wow. And, and then it spread like wildfire. It was this crazy thing. You know, and, and on one hand, I was like totally shocked because, you know, when you hear yourself on pop radio, you're like, what? You're like, no, you're on blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, you know, Lisa Lou. Um, because, you know, I was like alternative and the singer songwriter who loved, you know, I love old 1970s rock music and pop, mm -hmm. so, pop music. But here I was on the radio with like the Spice Girls or whoever was popular. <laughs> and it was just wild, you know, it was, it was wild. But luckily, I have a lot of friends and family from when I grew up. So I always have like real people around me. And we were able to enjoy the experience while I blasted through and well. continued like finishing writing my songs for the next record, getting a record deal, you know, touring to promote the song Stay while working towards getting a record deal and a publishing deal and moving along. But it was very surprising. And it, at the same time, it felt totally like it was supposed to happen because I'd been doing it my whole life. Exactly. And I would think like, wow, is that, is that what this, moment. yeah, I, I'd been working and playing and writing and recording and and watching other musicians and DJing and, you know, being obsessed with music ever since I was a kid. So I was like, oh, whoa, maybe it's happening. You <laughs> yeah, know, they say that opportunity, you know, success is when opportunity and preparedness meet. And you were at the point where you prepared all your life. So when that opportunity came, it just worked. Yeah, well, it was so... It was an exciting time. And again, I think without having all those friends and family near me, I may have just blasted mm -hmm. through the whole time without, with blinders on, because I'm always on to the next. I'm always like, mm -hmm. okay, this is great. What's next? What, okay, what are we going to do next? Um, but because I had, especially Juan, who, who was, you know, who, oh, the, sorry, the <laughs> aforementioned Juan, who I was dating mm -hmm. and working with, he's very nostalgic and very, he, at that time, he really showed me the ability, you know, he showed me. You have to take a minute and celebrate. And he had a lot of friends also from high school and childhood who were able to celebrate with us and really remind yeah. us that, like, it's awesome. Enjoy. You know, this is really cool. Enjoy it. You know, celebrate it. Yes, it may go away tomorrow, but let's celebrate it now. And uh, that that was and that's why to celebrate it now, because you don't know if it's going to go away tomorrow. So if you go through yeah. it all and then it goes away tomorrow, then you never got to enjoy Because we've talked with a lot of people from – Mm -hmm. That's been big years ago, and you know, and and they're like, I I wish I would have enjoyed it more during. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, again, and it's it's all relative because you want to enjoy it. But as a working musician, I talk to a, a lot of artists and musicians who, you know, you you ebb and flow, and success comes in different ways. Mm -hmm. And sometimes success means different things to you at different times. You yeah. know, so, of course, it's great to have a a song number one on the radio but it's also really exciting just to make an album and to record songs or have a new collaborator or realize like oh I'm telling stories better on stage now or whatever it is like yeah. you know there's so many different elements of success so I, I, I try to look to other musicians who have dealt with that ebb and flow in a healthy way and um, yes always try to be introspective but yes also you know you got to be critical you know in a constructive way and, and try to continue to better yourself and do more and make more and have goals and all that stuff. Yeah. I think that yeah. that's, that's how I like to do things. I think it's a balance in life. You know, yeah. you got yeah. a lot of people that they're all business and you got other people that they just want to have fun all the time. And I think there's a balance where, yeah. where you got to know your life too. and you got to know, you know, that's, we, we try to, you know, we're focused when we need to be focused, mm -hmm. but when we don't have to be focused, we enjoy life. That's great. Yeah, it's, it, and it is it is a different time for musicians, too, because especially with COVID, you know, like I said, you're dealing with technology, lighting, oh, sound, yeah. um, and, and social media is, is very time consuming. And, you know, nobody knows how it works. And, and it and can be very, very, be yeah, and it's it can yeah. be really time consuming as well. So to understand how to balance that. Um, and also, you know, I... Again, I think, and, and it goes back to how I dealt with COVID times as well. Like, I think you have to be disciplined as well. You have to mm -hmm. finish. You know, you guys have your show because you don't stop in the middle and just say, oh, let's just go have fun. Like, you've, you've finished the thing. You've, right. You do the right. thing. You know, you have to, 
it's, it's to you have to be committed and you have to do mm-hmm. your tasks and sometimes it's not all fun and games but right. um and see, we and see, we enjoy too because, like you know, two hours before this show, we was out at Tanger just walking with our two kids, with our two kids yeah. enjoying the moment because we knew, okay, we, we got to get back to the house at a certain time, to pursue, right? To, focus. To, to focus in. Yeah. But when yeah. like, you know, but again, if we didn't do that side of it, I don't think we could do this side as good. Yeah. Right, and I'm the same. Like when I'm on tour, I. I always think like, oh, what friends do I have here? And, you know, maybe see someone, eat something that I love, walk through a park mm-hmm. that I want to go walk through, you know, make it like real life. It's Or in some cases, I'm like, today I need to just focus on the show. I need to get yeah. my sleep. I need mm-hmm. to wash my hair and blow dry it. I need to put my makeup on and spend a lot of time rehearsing. Other times I don't, but... But, yeah. you know, it's all, I guess, the intention of it, you know. Exactly. It so tell us about the Geico commercial. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, the Geico commercial, they asked me to be a part of that. And I I love humor and music. And and I'm, you know, like, my two favorite mu- movies growing up were, like, Ordinary People, which is the most sad, emotional story you've ever seen, and Airplane, the ridiculous uh, yeah. <laughs> ridiculous movie so yeah. I, I I like I like both of those things and I love music and humor I like you know when Paul Simon used to be on Saturday Night Live I love that I love doing shows in Los Angeles with comedians and uh, and then you play a sad beautiful song and then you do a joke song with somebody and in summer camp we used to make up different words to songs <laughs> so when Geico asked if I would do it I, I felt like we could work together to come up with something they came up with something oh, really wow. funny and then we worked together yeah. to make sure I also felt comfortable with it um, <laughs> yeah. to put something together and and so it's it's really fun and it's fun to hear you know again I'm still around lots of regular real people in my life and so yeah. I hear a lot from my mm-hmm. folks and their friends and friends of friends oh I saw your Geico commercial it's so funny so it's just yeah, I was on the phone today with a friend of mine a fellow podcaster we were talking and he's like who you got today I was, and I told him he said oh it's funny because that commercial happened to come on while we were talking oh that's so funny <laughs> I love that <laughs> so it was just crazy that, that, that the timing of that Oh my gosh. Yeah, I got to I it's funny. I said in an interview recently I saw it it made it look like our family doesn't watch TV. We watch so much TV. We have screens out the wazoo over here. But I don't I haven't don't necessarily have commercial TV on all the time, so I, I haven't been able to see the show yet. I haven't seen the the commercial on TV while it's running. Oh wow. Um but we do watch a lot of TV. It's not that we don't watch TV. We just So you know a lot of people they see um, the artists, but they don't see the teams behind them. And in our opinion, the teams never get the love that they, they actually don't. deserve. But on our show, they get love. So if you want to take a few moments, yes, to yes. You know, team. I think sometimes it's fun as an as a um, as a fan to not know the magic behind the, the thing. <laughs> you don't you don't realize somebody has a makeup artist or somebody helped pick mm-hmm. them out pick out their clothes. No one helped me pick out this white t shirt. I did it myself. Um, but, you know, sometimes people really do have teams behind them to make them look and sound and seem who they are. Um, I have a team that I collaborate with. I have a great manager named Janet Billig-Rich, who I've been working with for, gosh, over 25 years, more or less. Yeah. Like, there's been a few times when she worked at a record company or whatever, and we continue to work together because I don't do just music. I think she she was just a music manager, but now she's also involved in musical theater and music yeah. supervision. And yeah. I have my eyewear line and I've got yeah. so many different things. I do voiceovers and have, you know, TV shows and stuff in development and all kinds of projects I'm always working on and trying to do. Um, so we've been working together forever. I've also got a social media gal named um, Katie Karens, and she's been working with me for a while because, as we said, social media is very time consuming. Yeah. And at the... Mm-hmm. the least I need to make sure people know what's happening. If I have a musical coming out, if I'm going to be coming to talk to you guys, mm-hmm. she helps me make sure people know that stuff. And she reminds me of when it's National Pizza Day and helps me put together posts. Um, <laughs> and we work together on all the posts. Um, and, and we also do newsletters. And we had a fan club going for a while, which Dean, who was on here earlier, he he was a part of. Um, so I've got those folks. I have a bunch of different producers I like to work with. Um, I've worked with Rich Jacks many, many times on wow. a lot of kids' records, mm-hmm. including the one I got the Grammy. Um, I've got a great makeup artist, Jamie Cavanaugh, who I've worked a lot with, including the the Geico commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do my own makeup, you know, most days. But um, 
there's just so many. I, I mean, what other folks? I've got a booking agent over at ICM who I've been working with for years. I've got voiceover agents at Atlas Talent who I've been working with for over ten years. Um, I've got I've got so many agents and managers. I've got a great rabbi in Los Angeles. <laughs> Um, but I've just, I, I have a lot of great people in my life who, awesome. you know, are part of my team and my family, you know, yep. that's important. Yeah. And speaking of family and team members, yes. we have a third co-host, our nine-year-old that we've asked a few questions. So okay. Gonna get him. We'll go get him. And, okay. and we've got a two-year-old daughter that when she gets older, she'll be plugged into the show too, because we are a family affair. Yes. My son is nine and he's in the other room. So... <laughs> He actually is in the musical Together Apart. Oh, wow. So it's very he, – he plays my son in the musical. Yeah. Um, it was interesting trying to find Brown graduates who had kids who were the right age to be elementary school kids. Uh, wow. Some people had to borrow kids because um, we couldn't <laughs> find any. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Hi, little love. So what's your favorite food? Ooh, my favorite food. Oh, gosh. Mm. I'm trying to think what's coming to mind first. Um <laughs> I mean, I love pizza so much. Um, I love doughy stuff. I love popcorn, fresh popcorn that I make myself. And what's yours? Mine is pizza. Oh, yours is like plain pizza or what's your favorite? Uh, pepperoni, sausage, and supreme. Oh, that's good. You know, I'll eat any, I will eat any pizza, good or bad. Like I'll eat bagel pizza, which is not my favorite. I'll eat Stouffer's French bread pizza. I will eat from any of the big box, you know, chains. Mm -hmm. I will eat the delicious Venetian puffy, puffy on the outside, thin on the inside crust, yeah. uh, upscale pizza. I will make pizza on a piece of pita bread with tomato sauce and <laughs> mozzarella. I will eat matzo pizza, Ooh. a little bit of chimichurri sauce, and and pieces of string cheese. I love pizza, so I think we're on the same page there. Next, okay. So, what's the favorite TV show? Right now, it's Ted Lasso. I just started watching Ted Lasso, and I just got through a whole season, and I'm starting on my next. Um, but that's like the one of the moment that nice. first came to mind. And what's yours? Mine what's is your... SpongeBob. Oh, my gosh. My son and I just started watching SpongeBob. I had never actually seen it before. I know the guy. I've met the guy. I know the guy who plays, who plays SpongeBob. Oh. But I had never seen the show because – it seems like a kid's show, you know, for little kids, but it's really more appropriate for like your age. You start really getting it. Yeah. And we watched one where SpongeBob goes, uh, he gets this crush on this on this gal who lives underwater, but she lives in a bubble. So she's enclosed with air and SpongeBob goes in there and he's learned to hold up his pinky to be really fancy. So he's trying to drink. He's he, Luckily, he gets a glass of water. He's like, thirsty. And he's like, he's like, keeps, he keeps drying out. It's hilarious, but he's trying to be, fan. he's trying to be fancy. And, he's like, and what's been cool about the show is because he watches a lot of Nickelodeon Disney shows. Now we've been able to bring, because we bring on artists and actors on the show, we've been able to bring a lot of people that he loves on Nickelodeon and Disney onto our show. Oh, y'all should have Steven Glickman. He's great. He was on um, Big Time Rush. And he's also um, in that movie where he says, uh, you can help um, us connect us. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll have to do it. But anyway, I, I do some voices on animation too. It's so um, much fun to do that. That's such a great job. I've been on Doc McStuffins and other stuff. We recently had um, the girl that plays Destiny on Bunked. Oh, wow. That's so great. That's so fun. It reminds me of when I was on Fuller House, that TV show, oh, wow. and I got to bring the kids to the set. And Emmett, my son, who was eight at the time, he lost a tooth. And uh, some of the actors yeah. uh, helped him find um, a little paper towel, special thing to wrap it up in so we could bring it home. But even though they were like these, you know, big actors on the show, they were also just nice moms who were helping oh, us. Wow. Okay, so uh, what's your favorite movie? Ooh, my favorite movie. <laughs> I, uh, eh, Bye Bye Birdie, the musical. I love that movie. <laughs> it's a musical. How about yours? Uh, mine is a Minions movie. Oh my gosh! I like desperate. Wait, I like the one that is take takes place in the eighties. Which one is that? Minion three or Despicable Me? Despicable Me three. I love Despicable Me three. He loves all of them. They're hilarious. Yes. So what's? Uh, I mean, he <laughs> <laughs> got mine. Got confused there. <laughs> He, he loves to do this. We've done over, I guess, about 430 interviews so far, and he's been on 90% of them. Oh, that's yes, great. He loves his part. 
<laughs> so if you could co-write with any artist dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, wow. Um, I, that, that question is just, I, I'm not good at those questions. There's so many people to write with. I mean, yeah, so uh, I'm trying to think of some of my favorite songs. There's so many great songs, but also I'm thinking of people who collaborate a lot because, uh, just because someone can write a great song doesn't mean they're a great collaborator. Sure. You know what I mean? That's true. Um, What's the song you wish you wrote then? Oh my gosh. Uh, I love that Brandy Carlisle song that was really popular off of her most recent record. Um, let me tell you, um, I, I'm very bad with titles. Wait a minute. I also have really been enjoying, um, Lil Nas X. Um, I love Brandy Carlisle. If I wrote with Brandy and then, um, Brandy and her, and her twins that she works with a lot. Uh, let me see. Um, the joke. Oh, the joke! I love that song. It's a gorgeous yeah. song, and it tells a great story. It makes me internet, cry just right? saying the word. Yes, gotta love the internet, right? I know. Remember <laughs> when we were kids? You had to like drive across town to some weird record store to like see if they had the one copy of that album, I and that. And then you wear the tapes out so much where okay. it makes the artists sound like they're like those drugs. I actually, yes, I have a cassette player right here. Uh, I have tapes of myself singing and stuff when I was a little kid. Um, But yeah, I remember when the David Bowie record came out um, Mm -hmm. in the late 80s. It was towards the end of my high school, like in 1986 or 5, he put out a record. And um, I bought the cassette and the vinyl the same day because I wanted to listen to the cassette on the way home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was worth it all. But it's not my favorite of all of his albums. but, um, But it was a very exciting time. Yeah. And what would you like your legacy to be as an artist? What would you like to be known and remembered for? Wow. Well, yes, Kitty. Oh, <laughs> I've got, oh, sorry. I've got a 20 year old oh. cat back here. Hold on one second. Oh, beautiful cat. Kitty, I'm here. I know. I'm here. Yeah, cats are family. They yeah, are she's family. My, she's my 20 year old child. Um, <laughs> I, I think somebody who, who, kept doing it for a long time, you know, who really continued to be engaged with as a songwriter, um, writing songs that help people look at their own lives that people could enjoy. And I hope to do that with my most recent record, A Simple Trick to Happiness that came out. You know, there's a lot of songs about recognizing that things don't go the way you expect them to, but you know, you, you can find joy in the small things in life. And sometimes you wake up and say, whoa, this is my life. Um, and that you can get through another day and that, you know, we're here for each other. So I, I hope, you know, that that, that connection and, and being able to tell my story will help other people tell their story and understand yeah. that their story is important. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you could relay any message to your fans, what would you want to say to them? I appreciate their support so much and their um, continued interest in, in the music that I'm making. It makes it fun to write music knowing that there's folks out there that are really going to listen to it carefully and take it all in and support me. And through COVID, I mean, I've, I've really loved getting closer and getting to know more fans a little bit better. You know, earlier you said something about your Ira line. I know that you have that. So tell us about that, how that came to be. Um, I, I've been recognized for my glasses ever since yeah. I was a kid. I started wearing them in high school, and mm-hmm. I don't know when you started wearing them, but I, in the 80s, I, I think especially in the late 80s when I was in that high school phase, I, um, I was always looking for interesting glasses. I didn't want something really boring or too preppy. Mm-hmm. So I'd end up with these kind of way out there glasses, purple <laughs> frames and green frames. And, um, and even in college, people didn't recognize me unless I was wearing my glasses. People oh, wow. always, that was sort of my trait, even though it was like I needed glasses. So yeah. little by little, I came to the cat eye frames as the most flattering of all. And I realized I didn't need really wacky frames. I just needed, yeah. I like the lift and I like like um, I like a, a play on a really traditional frame. So, yeah. um, and then as I became a professional musician, people really recognized my glasses and loved to talk about oh, them, yeah. which actually made me push that conversation away a lot for a while. Cause I was like, let's yeah. talk about music and songwriting. We don't need to talk about glasses. Let's talk about music. Uh, But then little by little, you know, being out in the public eye, I definitely had a lot of women and women with children 
tell me that they felt comfortable wearing their glasses and oh, wow. like on TV or in weddings or, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, they, they didn't need to take them off and walk around without being able to see because they didn't want to. That's powerful. They felt like they didn't look, they, they felt more powerful in their glasses and that they mm-hmm. that it was okay to wear your glasses. You don't have to yes, take them off. Yes, I've been wearing them since third grade, since about nine years old. And, yeah. And we did seeing you out there wearing yours helped me be more comfortable. Exactly. In that time period. That made me so happy, and and you know I think that's been happening a lot. It, it might have been the time period of the eighties, seventies, and eighties, yeah. but I know even now with like people and their bodies and who they right. are and being themselves, whatever that means, yeah, it's it's becoming more and more, um, more and more in in style to just be yourself, you know. Yes. So because I heard so much feedback from people about how my glasses empowered people, I thought. You know, I, I shouldn't be pushing this away because also, honestly, it's one of my hobbies. I love, like yeah. I was just in New Mexico and I went to all the cool little glasses stores oh, to wow. see what oh, they wow. have and if they have any cool frames. And I, I, it's just something I have in common with other people and I love. So um, I was on a flight from Israel to L.A. or Israel to New York with my husband who I was just dating at the time. And I was kind of annoyed that we weren't flying first class or business. We were in coach, but coach was with extra foot room. But we sat next to this really tall man and we started talking to him. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that he was a retired school teacher who now designed eyewear displays. Oh, wow. I was like, oh my God, that's cool. Tell me about that. Mm -hmm. How does that work? And around that same time, I had been in a larger eyewear company's advertisement so I had a copy of it in my computer and I said I showed him I'm like actually it's funny I'm a musician and people know me for my glasses he didn't know me but he was like oh well that's neat and I said I'm looking for you know I kind of wanted to have an eyewear line and I'd gotten so close a couple times Um, and he said actually you know there's this company I work with down in San Diego who maybe I I feel like they're getting to that point in their business where they want to work with people to create an eyewear line so this man from the airplane connected me with his company they were very excited weirdly they had a cousin named lisa loeb in south africa weird and we started an eyewear line and we've been working together for 10 years or more Wow. Um, we sell at Costco and a bunch of other places, and I get to work with the eyewear designer company that I work with. Um, I get to to work with them, and you know, work with them on the styles and the shapes mm-hmm. and the colors and the names and everything. We it's kind of they they take charge because they're the designers, but I collaborate because it's my name and it, yeah. and it's important to me. But so I've been working with that a long time, and it, again, it's been a wonderful way to tell the story and to connect with others and have people tell me their stories. You know, wow. all through the eyewear line. Well, Lisa Loeb, I wear. And tell us a little bit about the Camp Lisa Foundation. Um, Camp Lisa Foundation is an organization I started to help send kids to summer camp, kids who would normally not be able to afford um, to go to summer camp because it can be costly going to sleepaway camp. And we connected with an organization called SCOPE, S-C-O-P-E, Summer Camp Opportunities Provide an Edge in the East Coast that helps find these kids who need this experience and send them to camps that are great camps that are, um, you know, safe and and great places where kids can learn to be independent. They can be safe. They can learn to be great members of the community and great leaders. And camp was a big part of what I did growing up. I loved, I loved, even though I was shy and I didn't love sports, I went out there and I tried things I never would try, playing soccer in a million degrees weather, swimming in a lake, you know, doing all this like sporty stuff. But we also got to make music and make up skits. It was the first place I really played guitar. And and it was a social thing as well as a performance thing and a creative thing. And I wanted to pass that along. So uh, we've been doing that. And I started the foundation when I made a kid's record called Camp Lisa, which had a lot of my old favorite summer camp songs, as well as original songs. Love that. So we've got a couple more questions and we'll let you get out of here. Yes. But, you know, say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and they have something special. Simon Cowell would say they have that it factor. Right. Let's say they've played maybe 40 or 50 shows and they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side, but they've gotten on stage. They've got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd and they just, and the crowd's roaring for them. They know that they're called to this. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next few years in this crazy music world? I'd say keep doing it, first of all. Continue to learn. You know, if you're, if you're not, if you don't know how to play an instrument or um, read or write music, you don't necessarily have to read or write music, but the more you can yeah. speak the language of music, mm-hmm. the better working on your craft. If you're a singer, um, mm-hmm. making sure you have a great 
throat doctor as well as a wow. possible vocal coach if you need one because you need to have a lot of stamina to do this work mm -hmm. all the time. Um, That's the first, the throat doctor. We've never heard someone wow. say that. One. Yeah, you want somebody who knows what your throat looks like when you're well. And wow. then if you ever have any issues, um, you know, it's like you're an athlete. So you need to gear up. You need to be in shape uh, vocally, mo emotionally, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. mentally. Yeah. You, if, if you're not making a living playing music, maybe do something where you can make a living so mm -hmm. that you don't get stressed out. But try yeah. to keep that balance. Um, it's important to make a living. Um, start incorporating professional people into your life as you need them. You know, don't go get a record deal and a manager and all this if you – if you can kind of do it yourself, do it yourself. Make the money, learn the stuff, learn what it's like to put out a record, um, to, to collaborate with others. Yeah. Or if you're amazing, also I would say join BMI, ASCAP, or CSAC. They're wonderful organizations where you can connect with a lot of other people in the business. They're not record companies and they're not publishing companies, but they can help you be part of the community yeah. and, and yeah. meet other songwriters, meet mm -hmm. other musicians. Often they're singers looking for songwriters or songwriters looking for singers or oh. collaborators looking for new folks to work with. And that's a great place um, where you can trust folks. Uh, BMI is what yeah. I belong to. Um, and just take it one step at a time, but also continue to have as much either control over what you're doing, like what yeah. you're wearing, mm -hmm. um, your presentation, what you sound like. Um, or find people that you can trust uh, around you and trust their opinions so that you can continue to move forward and and don't let things happen to you, you know, be a part of it. Something, mm -hmm. Sometimes things do happen to you and it's very exciting, but um, you got to keep an eye on stuff. So, and, and, you know, just keep moving forward and, and don't be afraid to speak up for yourself either. Like if you are a country artist and you're like, you know, I'd really like to play with that tap dancer yeah. would be I'd be really yeah. neat or that comedian or you know I really think that I want to do stuff that's more religious I, I should do a yeah. little church tour or you know I want to play free free shows in the park or whatever you know like whatever your thing is like think outside the box and and don't be afraid to delve into the business and, and creative kind of marketing side as well because yeah. it can be really yeah. fun love that so as we come to a close here what's next well, my musical Together Apart is is going to be, it's not mine. When I say mine, I participated in it. I spearheaded yeah. it, but it's the collaboration. It's up on Broadway On Demand, and you can find out all about it with um, togetherapartmusical.com. Um, I still want people to, to go subscribe to my YouTube channel and see all the videos we made for A Simple Trick to Happiness, as well as a hundred, like a million kajillion other kids videos that we have all kinds of music videos there. A lot of people say, oh, I love your song, Stay. I'm like, there's like a record that came out every year or two. So go check out the videos. And um, currently I'm working on a new kids record, um, which I'll tell you more about when it's about to come out, um, oh, yeah. as well as a couple of other things. But those are some of the things on the horizon. Love that. So Love as we that. come to a close here, tell everybody how they can reach out to you, find you on social yes. media, and any final parting words. It's no surprise, but you can find me on Lisa Loeb, uh, at Lisa Loeb on Instagram, at Lisa Loeb Official. I'm looking on uh, at Lisa Loeb Official on Facebook, um, and Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and other places, and my website, lisaloeb.com. Love and them. cameo i do cameos which are really fun oh, so if anybody needs a cameo message i've been doing a lot of those and that's that's also been an interesting way to connect with folks very cool so you know we really enjoyed having you on the show today we and did. we look forward to having you back down the road hey thank you so much i appreciate it take care thank you so much for your time today bye, bye.